in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Arthur Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the bunker. Welcome to the bunker, Andy. You're underground, and you're below grade, <laughs> and above board. <laughs> ah, we, I don't think there is oh, a... we're working uh, on that. Th- I don't think this place is up to code. <laughs> Is what I'll say. Uh, That's too true. Speaking of keeping things up to code, Andy. Yes. Today's topic uh, is about a location on which there is a homestead, which I would hope is up to code. Uh, Maybe. We don't know. We don't know. We haven't had. We need some inspectors to go out, frankly. We need a lot more than just inspectors to go out. We need... Let's start with the home inspection, though. Let's start with the home inspection and move on to paranormal inspectors, UFO inspectors. Uh, who knows what else? Yeah. Because today we're talking about Skinwalker Ranch. That's right. Uh, a creepy, haunted, possibly by paranormal activity or UFO, ET, extraterrestrial activity, possible military involvement. Some weird shit has gone on at this this ranch, Andy. Yeah. Um, it's located in Eastern Utah, tucked away in the, um, I I guess it's mountainous, Rocky mountainous kind of area. I don't know. I don't know really the landscape of Utah very well. It's very Uh, desert. It's it's in the basin. Yeah, it's a basin. It's in the Unita Basin. You, uh, Uinta. The Uinta Basin. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's a great topic. Wouldn't you say, Andy? Yeah, it's wild it's fucking wild yeah we're gonna cover uh most of the main stories involving this uh ranch but not everything right. there's I a mean, lot there's a lot to but we're gonna give you the whole timeline of the ranch we're gonna give you all the key players we're gonna give you the whole enchilada come on and if you want to jump right to it all you have to do is look in the show notes find the timestamp, and you can skip right ahead to the research you can skinwalk yourself right to the research <laughs> that's right and uh, but because first, Andy and I are going to explain how the titular Mr. Bunker captured us, abducted us, took us to the bunker, and forced us to podcast about Skinwalker Ranch. What do you think existed before Skinwalkers? My God, that took me a little bit. <laughs> that took me a little bit. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Listeners, if you want more of that, stick around. <laughs> if not, check the show notes for the timestamp and skip ahead. But anyway... <laughs> Or skin. Wow. 
You went a different route than me because I've got a couple of them. Okay. And I'm not going to talk about them until we get to our discussion. Okay. I'm just going to pepper them throughout. Yeah, okay. You better not steal some of mine. I Maybe I should get them in first before you steal them. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll cool it so you can get yours in. Uh, well, I don't know. Okay. I'm just, I'll say it. I'll just say I love to eat some chips with some Skinwalker Ranch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> While I'm watching my favorite show, Skinwalker Texas Ranger. Okay. Did you have any of those? No, mine were all just going to be foreskin jokes. <laughs> I wasn't going to do anything that clever. Okay. Well, I don't want to say clever. Hidden Valley Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> My favorite. Mm. Um, Andy, as I mentioned, we got abducted. We got captured by the titular Mr. Bunker. Once again, he always fools us. Ugh, always. And today's no different. <laughs> My goodness. I can see it on Andy's face. He's so angry. <laughs> Mr. Bunker. Sound like Teen Girl Squad. Butt. Yeah, he is a butt. Um, Andy, I bought some new action figures. <laughs> action figures? Yeah. What? Why? Andy, you know, I'm trying to fill an empty void in my soul, and <laughs> buying things help numbs the pain. <laughs> That's true. Is uh, action figures replacing Rubik's Cubes now? No, no, no. I still cube. Okay. Trying to reach that sub 30. Yeah. Still hunting that white whale, but uh, yeah. I'm starting to collect action figures now. Okay. And um, I'm not talking like Funko Pops. I'm talking real deal action figures. I found some new action figures, Andy, that were pretty damn cool. Go on. They were from this company called Bunk Tech Industries, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Why do you keep buying stuff from Bunk Tech? I don't understand the problem. It could be multiple different companies. I don't always know if it's Mr. Bunker or not. You always just assume that it's not Mr. Bunker, and it always is. Anyway, Andy, so I signed off for a shipment of these action figures from Bunk Tech Industries behind my dad's back, and I routed them to my house. They're called the Commando Elite, Andy, and they're super rad soldier action figures in an ongoing war with an alien race called the Gorgonites. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I was able to get both of the leaders, Chip Hazard of the Commandos and Archer of the Gorgonites. But I ended up having to give Chip to my big crush, Kristen Dunst, who is my neighbor who lives next door. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, Kristen Dunst? Kristen Dunst, my big crush and my neighbor who lives okay. next door. Anyway, later that night, I'm studying for Mrs. Turner's big math quiz. And suddenly, Archer, my action figure, the one I kept, comes to life in my backpack. He can talk! He's sentient! Oh, Andy, toys are super rad these days, huh? I guess so. Well, Sentient? It turns out the Commando Elite, Chip Hazard, that I gave yeah. uh, to Kristen Dunst, my big crush, who's also my neighbor, he's sentient also. and He really wants to kill Archer. That's his prerogative. Right. So anyway, they take my big crush, Kristen Dunst, Kristen Dunst who is also my neighbor, Right, he takes right. her hostage, and he programs an army of her Gwendy dolls as auxiliary troops. Gwendy? <laughs> Gwendy dolls. They're like Barbies, but they're Gwendys. Uh, okay. This is all so, in the toy collecting universe, Andy. So it's like an off-brand Barbie. Possibly. I'm not going to knock my big crush, who was also my neighbor, Kristen Dunst. Yeah. I'm not going to knock her for what she collects. Okay. Anyway, she has an army of these auxiliary troops. Some of them have special forces training, like paratrooper training, jump school training. The Gwendies do? The Gwendies. You know, they have ranger school for the Gwendies. They have spec ops training for the Gwendies, mountaineering training, uh, guidance training. Lots of cool stuff. You can come become a uh, tank operator. <laughs> you know, you can become Good a bomb Lord. specialist as a Gwendy doll. <laughs> wow. These are auxiliary <laughs> troops. <laughs> 
Yikes. So anyway, I head over to save Kristen Dunst, my big crush and my neighbor, with Archer right. and the rest of the Gorgonites that I unpacked from the box. Right. But the commandos get the jump on us, and they tie us up. They almost get us with a big kitchen knife before Kristen Dunst's parents, Phil Hartman, come home and find us both tied up. Wait. Phil Hartman? Yeah. That's her dad. The deceased Phil Hartman? Phil Hartman's her dad, Andy. I can't say much more. Okay. Boy, do they think I'm weird. They think I tied up her daughter. My big crush, Kristen Dunst. Kristen Dunst. Right. Isn't it Kirsten Dunst? It is Kirsten Dunst. I don't know. Anyway, Andy. Okay. But then the commandos come power to the house, and they tie up Kirsten Dunst, and my big crush and neighbor. So we have to go. Or Anyway, they don't tie us up. They, they cut power of the house, and it's up to Kirsten Dunst and I, my big crush, to go create a massive EMP blast from the transformer on the power line. <laughs> the only thing that can Camille kill all these commandos. Wait, are they electric? And we succeed! Wow. Hooray! The day was saved. All the commando commandos are fried, including nice. Chip Hazard. Oh, that sucks. Who sounds a lot like Tommy Lee Jones. Turns out some bigwigs at Bunk Tech Industries didn't read the, do a safety check on the toys, and they got outfitted with military-grade X-1000 microchips. Oh. That's what caused them to be so evil and sentient. Gotcha. Anywho, during the chaos and cleanup, Bunker ran me over with his car and captured me. <laughs> He hit you with his car? <laughs> he didn't even he didn't even intend to get me. He was delivering a pizza in his Domino's cop uniform. You remember Domino's cop? Yeah, he arrested me. <laughs> he had a mozzarella nightstick. And a pizza gun. Yeah. Shoots marinara sauce. Shot marinara at me. That's what happened to me, Andy. I didn't even get to kiss my big crush, Kristen Dunst, goodbye. Wow. Hey. Yeah. This... I mean, not to call your life into question here, uh-huh. but this kind of sounds like the 1998 movie Small Soldiers. Um, fuck you, Andy. For even saying that, because it's nothing like the 1998 smash hit movie Small Soldiers, starring Tommy Lee Jones, Kirsten Dunst, Phil Hartman, in his last role. The movie is dedicated to him, and David Cross, and Jay Moore. It kind of sounds a lot like It doesn't sound anything like it. What are you talking about? I feel like Mr. Bunker just hit you with his car and then you made up this rest. You just stole the plot of this movie to make the story more interesting. I have a big crush on my crush, Kirsten Dunst, who lives my neighbor. Her dad is Phil Hartman. My dad is Kevin Dunn. Famous character actor, Kevin Dunn. Phil Hartman does not live next door to you. You're just bad. You just want to shit all over my adventure, huh, Andy? I'm sorry that I took Archer and the rest of the Gorgonites to Yosemite National Park so that they could find their home of Gorgon, which they think Gorgon is. And yeah, Archer and all the other Gorgonites survived by hiding under Kirsten Dunst's giant dish satellite, which protected them from the EMP blast. Yeah, and I'm sorry, bigwig Jay Moore at Bunk Tech Industries paid off my family and Kirsten Dunst's family. <laughs> So that they wouldn't say anything about the military tech that was hidden in their action figures. How much money did your family get out of this? Thousand dollars. <laughs> but it was in a big novelty check. It's yeah. super cool. Yeah, humongous check. Feels better that way. Andy, that's what happened to me. Wow. So if that sounds like the plot of the 1998 movie Small Soldiers, so be it. For all I know, it does. <laughs> 
I had an experience. And I don't doubt your experience. Thank you for sharing. A bunker hit me with his car. Yeah. <laughs> he was delivering pizzas. He was like, I didn't even intend to get you. What happened? Oh, fuck. He didn't even know. I guess it's fortuitous then. Yeah, fortuitous. Two birds with one stone. He got to deliver that pizza, get a tip, and abducted you at the same I time. I know. He still continued his route. He had like eight more pizzas to deliver. <laughs> Why did they still? I was in the back arrested. That last pizza is going to be cold. With his garlic knot handcuffs. Yeah. That last pizza is going to be cold. I know. What it's a shoddy up. Domino's. He doesn't give a fuck. Domino's just replaces the pizza if it's bad. They don't give a shit. Jeez. How much does it cost Domino's to make a pizza? I don't know. The bottom line of a hundred dollars of, of a bringing back a customer, a returning customer, is probably so much more profitable than it does to create one of those shitty fucking pizzas. Mm. Even though Domino's yeah. has updated their recipe and they're better as far as all the chain pizzas are concerned, Domino's I think is still number one. But we live in Chicago, baby. We're not you like getting- Domino's better than Pizza Hut. I haven't had Pizza Hut in a long time, and I would go out on a limb and say, yeah, Domino's is better. I think I prefer Pizza Hut. I mean, we can both agree Papa John's is fucking trash. I don't hate it that much. Maybe now that a lot of people hate Papa John's, but John Schneider is off. Uh, not is, that opposed to it. Out, and they got Shaq in now as like the leader of Papa John's. Well, Shaq's on the board. Different He's guys crashing the board. Guys, <laughs> I heard when Shaq joined the. I heard when Shaq joined the board on Papa John's, it shattered into yeah, a million pieces. Yeah. Shaq shattered the board. <laughs> He's just so big. Yeah. He dunked. He dunked on the board. The board wasn't meant to hold his weight, <laughs> with him hanging off the rim. And then he just kind of looked at the camera and went like, "Oh, just doing my thing." <laughs> I'm Shaq. Shaq Diesel. Hey, it's me, Shaq. I crashed the board. Pop Jones. Go on. Go on for him. I love it. <laughs> anyway, Shaq, if you're listening, Shaq, if you're listening. Keep it up. Uh, send Sir Charles our way because he's way funnier. <laughs> oh, you just got called out. Sir Charles, if you're listening, yeah, we're calling you out, dude. You're funny. <laughs> Actually, send Ernie, dude. Ernie's the fucking man. Ernie would be great on this show. Oh, yeah. Ernie Johnson? He's a yeah. fucking real G. Yeah. He's an OG. Yeah. Great guy. Big heart on that guy. <laughs> Too big. Oh. Please contribute to his GoFundMe for his heart reduction surgery. <laughs> well, okay, Andy. For a man who's had actual cancer scares, you're teetering the line. <laughs> I walk the line. Yeah, you're real Johnny Cash. Um, are, that's a uh, pretty harrowing story. So what happened to me? Abduction. Hopefully one day I'll get to land a big old smooch on my big crush, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that comes to fruition for you someday. Um, my story is a lot less entertaining. Um, I don't know about that. You see, Art, uh, lately I've been feeling like I need to I need to kickstart my entertainment career. Okay. I need to start acting in more stuff. Yeah. It's yeah, time yeah. for me to get away from behind the microphone. Oh yeah. yeah and yeah. get in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, become, you know, what's what's great is doing commercial work. I oh. Do commercial work. I want to be the face of a brand. You want to be like your idol, Jared Fogle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would love to follow in his footsteps. Consume a product and help it help me lose weight. That's it. <laughs> you would fucking love to show up on camera and 
hold up a big fucking pair of khakis. How much weight the did Jared biggest... Vogel lose? Oh, let me look that up real quick. I think like 12,000 pounds. Wait. I think Jared Vogel was a full-grown African elephant before he started eating Subway. Wait, Jared Vogel's a pedophile? Why have I been telling everybody I want to be like Jared Vogel? Fuck! God damn it! Fuck! Even showing up to the audition, immediately telling the directors, I want to be like Jared Vogel. Fuck! <laughs> well, no wonder! God damn it! Why didn't anyone tell me Jared Vogel's a fucking pedophile? Sick fuck. Son of a bitch. No wonder nobody will hire me. God damn it. What I a fucking, goof. I fucking walked into Lipton Iced Tea and said, I want to be your Jared Fogle. And they told me they didn't need me anymore. <laughs> fuck. I thought it's because they didn't want somebody just exclusively drinking iced tea to lose weight. <laughs> fuck. What an egg on your face. God, I've blown so many fucking auditions. He's a fucking pedophile. <laughs> He's in fucking jail. Yeah. You're telling me. Fucking Jared. <laughs> Fuck you, Jared Fogel. <laughs> I bought a huge pair of pants to me. <laughs> if they wanted to do like, oh, I already lost some. I bought a fucking huge pair of pants. <laughs> 80 inch waist. Used to belong to Peter Griffin. Fucking Jared Fogel, God damn. Ruined your day. Fuck. Oh my God. Well, anyway, you're you're still trying. I'm still. I guess I got to change up my. Got to change up your. Well, you don't have to change your story, but like you know, change my approach. Your approach. I th I would think so. <sighs> Name dropping Jared Fogel doesn't work. In the same way that you need to stop name dropping Kevin Spacey as well. Wait. For film acting. Why? What did Kevin Spacey do? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> God damn it. Andy, you got to fucking read the, the entertainment section of the news. More Is often. everybody a fucking pedophile? <laughs> Every single person in Hollywood's a pedophile. <laughs> hey, that's a different topic. Fuck. <laughs> Kubrick was right. Fuck this. <laughs> well, anyway, Andy, you got abducted. Yeah, I I went on an audition. Okay. At at McDonald's. Oh, they do a lot of auditions here in Chicago. They were uh they were adding they're adding, you know, they have McDonald's has all these characters. They have a large cast of characters. Like there's Ronald McDonald, of course. There's Grimace. The titular McDonald. There's Birdie. Yeah. There's the Nugget Kids, mm -hmm. or the Nuggets. The There's the Fry Kids. Mayor McCheese, the Hamburglar. Yeah. Well, the I cast. yeah. There's a whole cast. Um. Well, I was gonna. I was auditioning to be the new character for McDonald's, uh, right. Doctor McRib, who is a internal surgeon and operates on all the other cast <laughs> of characters. <laughs> So oh, Dr. McRib. Dr. McRib. Uh <laughs> so basically I would be like an anthropomorphic McRib sandwich <laughs> uh oozing with barbecue sauce and pickle juice. You only come around every once in a while. Right. I'm a surgeon. Right. Um You're very busy. Right. So I have a lot of a great character. 
And, you know, they were working on this storyline where, like, oh, Ronald McDonald gets, like, liver cancer from eating too many Big Macs or whatever. And, you know, uh, <laughs> Dr. McRib gives him a transplant and saves his life. And it's very sweet. Uh, it's compelling. Just like the sauce. Right. Exactly. That's what I said. And I went to the audition and uh, to my, I mean, I assumed that this would be like, like a casting director and, right. you know, like maybe um, somebody else, like a marketing person mm-hmm. from McDonald's. Mm-hmm. But the other, casting the people conduct, <laughs> there was no couch okay. and I had to stand for a while. <laughs> B- hold on. And. Instead of there being like professionals there, it's just the other characters. So oh, wow. It's Ronald McDonald, it's Grimace, it's Birdie. Wow. They're all conducting this audition. And like I you know, I was like, Oh, the rest of you, I mean, can I learn about your but they would never break character. Right. Like so I never got to meet any of the actors. They just stayed in character the whole time. Oh, method actors. And they're like, you know, Ronald's like, well, you got the part, but uh, before you can start, you have to, you have to become one of us. And I was like, oh, you want me to like put on the costume? Sure. And they're like, you don't just put on the costume. You have to become Dr. McRib. Oh shit. It's like a way of life for them. Yeah. They take it very seriously. And so- like birdie comes with like a giant paddle and then just whacks me in the back of the skull. Oh my God. And I just like fall flat on the floor and uh, the McNuggets come in and start like jumping on me. Oh my God. And like grimace uh, gives me a people's elbow. Oh my God. And then uh, Ronald McDonald comes in and he's got like this cup full of like, real real hot sweet and sour sauce like too hot and he just dumps it on my genitals (laughs) and it like it's burnt like terrible burning third degree it's so sticky they like they come in with like a hose full of ketchup to like spray it off but it does nothing it's just so sticky and it's so hot it like melts the ketchup so i get these like ketchup and sweet and sour sauce ketchup chemical burns yeah and it's just scorching my skin. Oh my god! Uh, you know, uh, the Hamburglar, um, he he just basically beats me <laughs> with with a pipe. With a pipe. Uh, and Mary McCheese uh sentenced me sentenced me to death. <laughs> oh my god! In uh in his in his city, um. And he this told, is like a gang initiation. Yeah, yeah. He said there was only one way I he would commute my sentence, and that was if I had sex with him. Oh my god! I wouldn't do it. You got to stick to your morals. Yeah. Um, you've done a lot of things, Annie, but fucking Mayor McCheese is not one of them. I won't do it. You won't. Um, so he wrapped me in like uh, they turned me into some kind of like a pickle mummy. They wrapped me in pickle slices. And then they sprinkled me with onions. Okay. And then they dumped me into a cannon and shot me into a wall of American cheese. And I like burrowed into the wall. And then they sealed it off with more cheese. 
So it was like a it was like a sarcophagus. Oh my god. Like I was in a pyramid of uh of American cheese. That's fucked up. Yeah. Anyway, I ate my way out. And uh they had all left. I mean, I assume they thought I would be dead. Um and so I like bow-legged walked out of the this McDonald's where the the where the audition was. Yeah. I mean, they had it just at a McDonald's. They <laughs> just had it, it in the back of McDonald's, yeah. And uh you know, I I got played. Cuz I look I look back thinking about what just happened to me. You know, my clothes are gone. I have uh these ketchup and hot and uh, sweet and sour sauce burns all over my genitals. And I'm just like, what, what happened? This McDonald's is deserted. And I look up at the sign. It's bunk Donald's. You got fooled. Yeah. By the golden bee. Yeah. Mr. Bunker drives his van out of the drive through, picks me up. It's not hard to turn an M into a B Andy. (laughs) You just got to turn it on its side. Change the lines. Just need another line. Other stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he brought me here. The whole thing was fake, and he was all those characters. Oh my god! Yeah, you played them beautifully. Thank God you didn't have sex with Mayor McCheese. Yeah, given to your carnal desires to fuck a hamburger person. <laughs> I, I would be honest. Under other circumstances, I would have done it, but they burned my genitals first. Is Mary so, McCheese your favorite cryptid? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, half burger, half they human hybrid. Burned, if they hadn't burned my genitals so bad, I probably would have done it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You almost got chemically castrated. Yeah. Your falsetto sounds great now, though. Yes. I'm a soprano. <laughs> I'm in the Sopranos. I got a good role out of this. Yeah, you did. You're in the Sopranos remake that they're doing with uh, his son. Oh, no. I'm in the original Sopranos. <laughs> As a dead body? Yeah. <laughs> At least they told me they were going to go back and edit me in. I thought they you were going to be in the uh, Sopranos remake that they're or not, they're not doing a remake, but they're doing something with G- James Sequel. Gandolfini's Gandolfini's son, Michael Gandolfini. Mm. No, I'm not. I'm not allowed to be a part of that. Wow, Andy, you uh, that's fucked up, dude. Yeah, I yeah. hope you're okay. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, now. I put some cream on my genitals. Some bunk tech bungay? No. No. I won't use bunk tech stuff. Okay. I brought my own bengay. As bad as <laughs> you can. <laughs> as bad as it is, it he makes some quality products. Well, I'm not willing to figure out which one's which. They get the job done. You're you're the one who's all in on bunk tech. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about picking up a couple shares. Jeez. It's a lucrative business. He has to capture us every week. Why do you want to help him? <laughs> I'm not. I mean, he burned my genitals <laughs> with his too hot, sweet and sour sauce. So Sue, and Is then she- everybody will. Then Buck Donalds will use its massive PR marketing team to spin the story about you being a greedy little fuck. That's exactly it. I don't need any worse a reputation than I have already. <laughs> You've been going around saying you idolize Jared Fogel. Fuck. Fuck, Jared Fogle. God damn it, I can't believe I fucking did that. Fucking stupid move. Man, just fucking read the news. God damn it. 
<laughs> Why don't you just say nothing? Saying nothing would have been better. It's like the most successful spokesperson in the history of TV. Yeah. Jared Fogle. Who else? If you think of Subway, you think about Jared Fogle. Or Apollo Ono. Why didn't I say I was like Apollo Ono? <laughs> Fuck! Everybody loves Apollo Ono. God damn it. You remember him? When he, I think, almost won gold in speed skating? Yeah. In the U.S. Winter Olympics? Like eight years ago? Fuck. You fucked up. Yeah. Well, I messed up. Andy, some weird shit happened to us today. Sure did. I mean, that's understating it. Yeah. And today's topic is no different. <laughs> Almost equally, if not more weird. Yeah. Are things happening? Almost as weird as the stuff that happened to us. <laughs> that's right. Uh, listeners, we got to jump right in because what you're going to hear today will astound you. It's very weird. We're taking a dive into a tub of ranch. Skinwalker <laughs> Ranch. That's right. Let's head over not to Hidden Valley. Uh, not to a valley. There's no segue there. <laughs> We're going to Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. See you there. See you there. Here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Listeners, today we take a little trip deep into the wilderness of rural Utah, to one of the most thoroughly researched paranormal hotspots in the entire world, Skinwalker Ranch. Since well before you or I or even Andy was born, bizarre paranormal and unexplained events have occurred at the ranch, including UFOs, ghostly apparitions, strange floating orbs, interdimensional portals, shape-shifting humanoids, Bigfoot, cattle mutilation, and a bulletproof mega-wolf, and so much more. What causes all these mysterious encounters at this lonely ranch? Well, according to a Native American folklore, the ranch has been cursed for generations because it is, quote, in the path of a skinwalker from which it draws its name. Before we dive into all the wild encounters the owners of the ranch have had, what exactly is a skinwalker? Skinwalkers show up in most Native American folklore as well as various other cultures' folklore under differing names. In general, a skinwalker is a malevolent witch who practices evil black magic, giving them the power to shapeshift into various animals at will. As humans, they would trick and poison others, and in animal form, they were vicious and bloodthirsty. No creature in Native American folklore was as feared as the skinwalker, and killing one was of utmost importance. Now, Skinwalker Ranch is located in the Uinta Basin of eastern Utah. The area around the ranch has seen a multitude of strange activity from well before Skinwalker Ranch ever existed. But even in its early days, as a small rancher's homestead, weird shit went down. That's right, Andy. In 1905, a family living on the western side of the property were visited by a weird stranger who arrived from seemingly nowhere 
was dressed in a time period appropriate clothing, but underneath they could see a quote dazzling blue one piece outfit. A beautiful leotard, a blue <laughs> leotard. He asked for some water and then allegedly told the family living there to never dig on the property. From the 1930s into the 1980s, cattle mutilation and UFOs are frequently seen in the Uinta Basin area, as well as strange noises and rumblings and that seem to come from underground. Flash forward to 1994. Terry and Gwen Sherman purchased a 480-acre ranch in the Uinta Basin, just south of just south of Fort uh, just the Chesney. Uh, no, no, Duchesne. No, I think I'm not French. Just south of Fort Duchesne, uh, they moved their children and their cattle there to begin life as cattle ranchers. The Shermans originally did not want to be associated with the property or to have their names publicized. So if you look in the research, you might frequently see them listed as Tom and Ellen Gorman in the research. But uh, we'll call them by their real names as they have come out now publicly uh, as previous owners of the ranch. The Shermans were pretty experienced ranchers who herded prize cattle, not just your run-of-the-mill dairy or beef cow. The Shermans were surprised such a beautiful picturesque piece of property sat unsold for seven years. But almost immediately after moving in, the weird stuff started happening. When they arrived on move-in day, they found padlocks everywhere on most of the doors and windows of the ranch. Now, this may not be the most bizarre thing ever for a valuable piece of land in a remote area. You don't want squatters, but it was foreboding, as if to say, keep out. Shortly after getting settled in and herding some of their cattle calves into their pens, Terry and his father, Ed, noticed the first major paranormal occurrence. They were outside on the porch when a large wolf came out of the forest and approached them. Now, Terry and Ed were both over six feet tall, and yet this wolf was almost chest height to them. It approached them calmly. They were uneasy about it, obviously, but it eventually started brushing up against them like a friendly lost dog. Gwen Sherman and the children were off to the side watching the scene unfold. Eventually, she allowed the children to come and pet the beast. They wanted to keep it as a pet, but Terry, being an experienced outdoorsman rancher type, knew that, well, wolves don't make good pets. You know, Andy, actually, I disagree. However, my albino Bengal tiger makes an awesome pet. Didn't that thing bite you by the neck and drag you 30 feet into a nearby creek? Hmm? Bite? No. Those are neck kisses. I love going to the hospital. Exotic predators make great pets. You heard it here first, kids at home. <laughs> Anywho. Beg your parents for an exotic pet. <laughs> Suddenly, the wolf darted over the Sherman's calf pen and lunged at the closest calf, grabbing it by the head with its massive jaws, attempting to pull the calf through the metal bars of the pen. Terry and Ed rushed to the calf's aid, kicking and beating the wolf with the stick in the ribs and head. But the wolf was undeterred. Terry called his son to get his magnum. Terry shot the wolf point-blank twice. Now, I'm no Rudy Tootie point-and-shooty guy, but two point-blank magnum, I'm assuming either 357 or 44 caliber shots, would probably put a wolf down or, at the very least, deter it in some way. Right? Wrong. The wolf didn't give a fuck. It didn't even notice. It continued to pull this calf from the pen. Terry shot it a third time. Now, this got the wolf's attention. It released the calf and faced Terry, 
but still didn't back away or seem to notice it had been shot three times. Terry shot it a fourth time in the heart. This thing by now should be dead. But still, the wolf could not give less of a shit. Ed ran and grabbed a shotgun from his truck and blasted the wolf. It was clear the shot landed. Fur and flesh and blood sprayed all over. The wolf simply backed away, glaring at Terry and Ed with its cold, bloodthirsty gaze. Ed took aim and shot it again in the chest. Blood, fur, fur, flesh. Finally, the wolf turned and headed away into the forest. Terry and Ed were dumbfounded. These guys were no slouches when it came to hunting and outdoor activities. They were friggin' ranches, okay? They decided to pursue the wolf into the forest, but as they got closer to the forest's edge, the wolf's tracks went missing as if it vanished into thin air. The bulletproof wolf was uh, really set the precedent for uh, life on Skinwalker Ranch. The Shermans were subjected to constant paranormal activity. They would have constant nightmares when they slept. They would frequently awake to see apparitions and figures standing outside their windows watching them or right at the foot of their beds. At all times of the day, they would hear voices and whispers coming from seemingly nowhere. In one instance, Gwen came home with some grocery bags and unloaded everything onto the counter to be put away in their respective place throughout the kitchen. She turned her back to them for a moment. When she returned, they were all mysteriously back in their grocery bags. Ooh, ghost trees! <laughs> Besides the ghost trees, the Shermans also described a bizarre musky odor that they could never place. Kind of like living at my house. And constant sightings of various floating and glowing unexplained orbs of light, some of which glowed so bright at night it made the ranch look like daylight. On top of all this, there were the UFOs. There were constant UFO sightings, according to George Knapp, co-author of the book Hunt for the Skinwalker. More on him later. The Shermans, quote, reported separate sightings of a silent hovering triangular craft that projected multicolored lights from its black frame, end quote. All of this, and still more, like the cattle mutilations. Oh boy, cattle mutilations? My favorite bedtime story. Settle down there, kiddo. Okay, daddy. Shermans were cattle ranchers, so it's no surprise that they were very alarmed when they started finding their cattle dead and mutilated out on their land. This wasn't the work of natural predators either. They would find the cattle mutilated in bizarre, almost surgical ways. Some dead with only their genitals removed or ears removed. One was found dead with its eye socket cut out as if done surgically. If this had been done by the work of a wolf or other predator, uh, there would be gashes and blood and organs and sinew everywhere. But there was never any blood or sinew near, near or around any of the dead cattle. All of the mutilations were either done with strange, bizarre surgical precision. And in every instance, the glowing orbs could be seen hovering over the dead cattle, as if they were fascinated by them. Some of the cattle just went plain missing, as if abducted or they vanished into thin air. Overall, Terry lost 20% of his herd in the two years that the Shermans lived on the ranch. That's insane when you consider that these cows cost thousands of dollars each, and most ranchers lose an average of 1% of their herd. But they don't live in the path of a skinwalker. These orbs seem to be the real cause of all the turmoil on the ranch, especially to the Sherman's pets. One night, they lost all six of their outdoor cats. They just disappeared. Even worse was that most nights, their dogs are so afraid 
They wouldn't even leave their dog houses. But one night the dogs went chasing one of the light orbs. Maybe they had enough. Maybe it beckoned them. Either way, Terry tells them to keep chasing, hoping the animals can track something he can't. It wasn't long before the animals chased the orbs into the darkness and were lost. Not long after, Terry heard the distinct sounds of his dogs whimpering. The next morning, he found three scorched circles in the ground with gooey lumps of liquefied flesh in the centers. What the fuck? Jesus. Perhaps this was the last and final straw. I mean, at this point, the Shermans were terrified and trapped on their own property. They would huddle and sleep together, hoping for protection in numbers, but the death, constant torture, and nightmares were getting to them. Two years of this crap was enough. They reached out to a local newspaper and began to talk about what was happening to them, and it wasn't long before a hotel industry billionaire with an interest in paranormal research, Robert Bigelow, got wind of this article and offered to buy the ranch for $200,000. They agreed, and in 1996, Bigelow founded the National Institute for Discovery Science, or NIDS, in order to study the paranormal and UFO encounters uh, at this newly acquired ranch. Terry Sherman agreed to stay on the property as ranch manager, taking care of the land and the new cattle Bigelow had purchased as bait. The rest of the Sherman family moved 25 miles away to a new ranch. Bigelow hires armed guards on the property and closes off the entrance. He also hired Dr. Combe Kelleher, a biochemist with over 15 years of experience in the field as deputy administrator of the NIDS, in charge of researching the phenomenon at the site. Their aim was to gather data in the electromagnetic and magnetic regions and of any UFO lights in the visible and UV spectrum. They had portable equipment, including a light-gathering device with Fresnel lenses, a spectrometer linked to a laptop computer, night vision binoculars, video cameras with night vision attachments, radio frequency analyzers, microwave detectors, as well as veterinarians to study the animals on site. Now, some weird stuff started happening to them as well, but we want to mention this first, even though it's it's out of the timeline, because he's an important figure. George Knapp, a well-known UFO journalist who had covered multiple UFO stories in various areas of the country and was a host on Coast to Coast AM, a very popular paranormal and conspiracy radio program. Knapp joined the NIDS crew as a journalist in 2002 in order to help document the occurrences there. Anyway, back to the late 90s. Let me just slip into some Jinko jeans and a crop top. It's cropped really high, huh? A little too high. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Who's ready for some tub thumping by Chumbawamba? I'm ready to take a whiskey drink and take a vodka drink. Take a lager drink. You keep getting knocked down, but you get up again. I sing the songs that remind me of the good times. (laughs) In the winter of 1997, a massive snowstorm hit the area and temperatures dropped to around negative 30 degrees. One day after the storm, they discovered more cattle mutilation. Again... Just as the Sherman saw, there were bizarre hole-shaped injuries in the ears and the eyes. The NIDS veterinarian couldn't figure out what had caused these injuries. Predators don't tend to hunt during snowstorms. But even stranger still was a dead calf they found. It was splayed out in an odd pose and had one leg yanked off and set aside as if it was staged for some bizarre ritual. All the calf's internal organs were missing and the body was entirely drained of blood. Again, not an ounce of blood was found anywhere near the corpse. 
The veterinarian had noticed that the calf's ear was missing and had been cut neatly with precision down to the skull. It also happened to be the ear where the calf was tagged for identification. Needless to say, everyone was a little freaked out by these mutilations, but the new ranch dogs were especially freaked out. They wouldn't come out of their pens for two days. But later that night, the dogs started barking. Don't worry, listeners, they'll be fine this time. So the researchers hopped in their truck and used the spotlight on it to search the perimeter of the forest. They found one of the cows huddled in a clump of trees separated from the rest of the herd. It looked distressed and lost. They get out of the truck to go help the cow, but as they do, they notice two glowing amber eyes in the tree above it, just watching them. Assuming it was a cougar or other predator, they took out a rifle and shot at it. But the eyes just disappeared. They searched and searched, but no tracks could be found in the snow below. Not to be deterred by this, these mysterious glowing amber eyes, they continued their search. But instead of a cougar, they come upon an odd footprint in the ground. It looks like the footprint of a giant bird of prey, nearly six inches in diameter, with talons in the front and two talons in the back. Another print of the same kind was found 20 feet away. Now, judging by the depths of these prints, this was some kind of massive bird of, pr bird of prey. Could it be what was terrorizing the ranch and mutilating the cows? Besides possible giant predator birds who may or may not be skinwalkers, the floating light orbs were continuing to baffle and haunt the NIDS crew. Knapp describes how the orbs would zip around the area, seemingly not afraid of anything. Anytime the NIDS team would uh, attempt to film or photograph them, the pictures would come out blurry. The 24-hour cameras they set up to film them would be found dismantled or missing. It appeared as though these entities had a grasp of our technology, or they were some responsive consciousness adapting to our methods of tracking them. Possibly murdering cows and buzzing around isn't all, isn't all the orbs did, though. One night, a yellow orb touched down on the ranch while the research team watched from about 150 feet away on the bluff. The orb transformed into a tunnel from which a large, black, faceless humanoid emerged and walked away into the darkness. The yellow light and tunnel faded away while the research team searched for footprints or signs of the creature that emerged, but nothing was found. Boy, these skinwalkers are an elusive bunch, huh? One thing that was found on, supposedly on the site, was Element 115, an unpentium. NIDS researchers claim to have found rods made of Element 115, which, by the way, does not originate on Earth. It's a synthetic chemical element. UFO researchers claim this element was also found at Area 51 in mass quantities when they supposedly reverse-engineered it from alien spacecraft. There's a plethora of other stories and sightings from the ranch, but listeners, we would be here all day. Let's look into the rest of the ranch's timeline before it was closed off, some theories as to what it was and what skeptics have to say. After NIDS moved in, word continued to spread about Skinwalker Ranch and all its strange phenomenon. Ryan Skinner became a Skinwalker Ranch enthusiast after his UFO encounter outside the ranch's perimeter. He even set up SkinwalkerRanch.org to help collect photos and information about the ranch. Ryan has encountered multiple strange UFO sightings similar to the Shermans near and on the property while vacationing in the area. In his book, Skinwalker Ranch, Path to the Skinwalker, he details driving with his fiancée down a deserted, uh, deserted road in Utah just north of the ranch. 
although the ranch's history was unknown to him at the time, when suddenly being stalked by a glowing red orb. When he pulled over to see what it was, and he was he was greeted by uh, three hazy figures. The couple fled in their car before being pursued by the red orb once again. Eventually it lost interest, and they continued on their journey, albeit a little frazzled by what happened. Sometime later, the orb reappeared and chased them before catching up to them on the passenger side of the car. Ryan rolled down the window to get a better look and was shocked to discover that the lights were mutating into alien faces. The strange beings drifted closer to the car, giving them a full view of their faces and strange, sexy, tight-fitting clothing. Ryan fumbled for the camera, wanting to document the event, but it wouldn't turn on. The battery was dead. It was definitely time for them to get out of there. The car's ignition also wouldn't start. The beings seemed to be in control, but some moments later, they vanished. This encounter and others really gave Ryan the itch to explore the meaning behind the ranch. Uh, He's visited the ranch several times and written another book about its history. Ryan has also made appearances on other paranormal and conspiracy shows that have visited the area, including Jesse the Body Ventura's program, Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura. There's this conspiracy theory with Jesse the Body Ventura. (laughs) That's him. Uh, In which Ventura's crew had their camera and audio equipment drained, and they also heard weird distortion over the radio. Joe Rogan also visited the ranch with his show, Joe Rogan Questions Everything. But alas, the good times can't last forever. In 2004, Bigelow disbanded NIDS and formed Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies to pursue his new passion of launching a chain of hotels in space. Or as we like to call it, bass. That's right. It's also called bass. Uh, Now, the following information came to light later in a New York Times piece, but Bigelow apparently urged Senator Harry Reid to initiate what became the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, a government study which operated from 2007 to 2012, tasked with the study of UFOs, including those around the ranch. He allegedly was also approached by an unnamed DIA agent who asked to see the ranch and explore it. Eventually, in 2016, the ranch was sold to an undisclosed buyer operating under the Shell Corporation Adamantium Holdings for $2.5 million. It is now completely blocked off, and no one is allowed to go there. The military and government interest later in Bigelow's tenure as ranch owner may help answer the question, what is going on at Skinwalker Ranch? According to George Knapp, the NIDS researchers found odd ice circles in a pond one winter. When discussing possibly military involvement, he writes, quote, A local psychic who walked the property declared that the circle had been produced by a technology that was located underground, end quote. And according to the Shermans, they often heard sounds of heavy machinery and metal equipment coming from underground. The previous owners also told the Shermans to never dig in, into the ground. Now, obviously, there's some missing info here, like just who were these mysterious previous owners? But given Bigelow's connections to the government, their collective interest in UFO research, and these weird machine rumblings, could there be some government research or military connection behind the ranch's phenomena? Other explanations for the ranch get a little more wild, baby. Oh, yeah. Could the ranch be a link to a parallel dimension? Knapp and Kelleher theorize that the ranch could be the source for a wormhole or a hole in the fabric of space-time or some kind of stargate. In a similar vein, the ranch could be some kind of link in the multiverse, which 
you know, is the idea that there that the universe creates infinite copies of itself, some with minute details changed. Like, for example, there could be a universe where Andy and I are socially well-adjusted and productive members of society. Or there could be a universe where we have teeny tiny raisinette peens instead of the friggin' monster truck tire thick hogs we're packing in this one, my dude. <laughs> yeah, baby! <laughs> or... One where we're capable of self-love without the need of validation from others. What about aliens, though, huh? This seem odd that extraterrestrials would choose such a remote location to visit and uh, mutilate cattle. But hey, I'm not judging other worldly beings, all right? Trust me, I've mutilated plenty of cattle in my day in the form of beef ribs and barbacoa tacos. Yummy, yummy. Put them in my tummy. According to Knapp and Keller... The events at the ranch yielded insufficient data to support or eliminate a hypothesis on extraterrestrials. Moreover, no physical or biological artifacts were ever found that pointed toward ETs. So in the end, it's a little inconclusive whether the phenomena were aliens or not. I think most obviously, or, you know, I mean, for most folks looking into Skinwalker Ranch, their conclusion is it's some sort of strange paranormal occurrence. That is, it's some kind of quote, interdimensional beings or creatures who may or may not be physical or corporeal and who have malevolent and inscrutable agendas. You can't be sure for certain, however. These could just be interdimensional extraterrestrials instead of something more mystical. But some select groups have very clear thoughts on what's going on at Skinwalker Ranch. Andy, what do the most of the noted skeptics have to say? Art, let's check in with our friend, albeit unconfirmed friend, Brian Dunning. Brian is very skeptical of the people involved with the ranch. He claims that George Knapp introduced the world to Bob Lazar, who he says is a noted liar and trickster who claimed to work at Area 51. Now, obviously, we haven't dived into Mr. Bunker's research on Bob, so we can't comment for certain. But this is Brian's take, okay? He also cites that the fact they had surveyed the ranch for the better part of the decade and turned up little to no evidence of anything also points to there being a big load of nothing here. The cattle mutilations in his eye are no different than normal predatory behavior, and there's no documentation on anything else. So... Dunning claims that Knapp and Kelleher's book, The Hunt for the Skinwalker, about the ranch, is really more about hunting UFOs at the ranch than skinwalkers. And they titled it about skinwalkers because a similar book titled Skinwalkers had come out in the 80s and it was doing pretty well, and they wanted to sell more copies. So they quickly threw in some Skinwalker stuff and put it in the title to drive sales. Dunning also seems to believe that Knapp and Kelleher had somewhat of an agenda of making the story more about UFOs, which according to their past work would make sense, than they did about, you know, making it about Navajo Indian mysticism or anything else. He also says the Shermans themselves have never been given this as, he also says that, quote, uh, the Shermans themselves had never given this as the explanation. True, they'd lived there for only 30 months, but then Robert Bigelow knocked on their door with his enormous checkbook and bought it from them. Their stay was short because Bigelow bought them out, not because they were driven away by UFOs or monstrous creatures, end quote. Some skeptics of the story also claim that most of the nightmares and paranormal sights the Shermans experienced sound like a case of sleep paralysis. Other than that, there's no physical evidence or a bulletproof wolf uh, a yellow orb portal or any giant predatory birds 
so many skeptics are, well, skeptical. Some are also disappointed by the lack of empirical data collected by NIDS. As Brian stated, the researchers were there for the better part of a decade, and what scientific data do we have to show for it? They explained that the orbs of light and UFOs became far more elusive to the NIDS camera equipment, but according to Dr. Colm Kelleher, they collected some recorded material. Thus, why not release it? Does Bigelow's connection to the military mean the information is classified? The secret exhibited uh, by NIDS is definitely called into question by many, many skeptics on this topic. And with that, dear listeners, we depart Skinwalker Ranch, our bellies full of a steaming hot plate of the whole enchilada. What is really going on here? Who or what are these mysterious orbs of light? What is causing the strange cattle mutilations? Where do the interdimensional portals lead to? We can never know for certain. But what we can know is if you find yourself in the path of a skinwalker, it may be better to move far, far out of its way. Welcome back, listeners. That was our research of Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, boy, Andy. That's a spooky ranch. This is a meaty topic. The ranch has gone bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Time to throw it out. (laughs) Yeah. This ranch is spoiled. (laughs) Yeah. Let's buy a new bottle from the grocery store. Yeah. Well, if you do, it's going to end up right back in the bag. (laughs) Yeah. Ghostseries. Ghostseries. Andy, where do we want to start? Um... You know, um, I, okay, okay. I think I think um, let's start with the Shermans, huh? Okay, is that okay? Yeah. Is that where you want to start? Uh-huh. Um, so the real history of it kind of kicks off there, right? Sure. Yeah. Who are the Shermans? I don't know. What do we really know about them? Mm, they ranch cattle. What do we really know about their uh, abilities as ranchers? Are they good at what they do? I would assume so. But you don't know. I mean, yes. But I can infer from the fact that, you know, they I think they had done some ranching in the past and uh, they uh, were herding prize cattle. They had the funds. You know? Yeah. They're still ranching. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I didn't know you would call their ranching into question. I mean, Jesus, Andy. Sure, you could say they made it all up, but fuck. Like, jeez. I'm just, okay. Let me give you a blanket thought here. Shitting on their ranching. There's so much stuff thrown out at this one. Yes. This is almost a Project Bluebeam level. It is. Of of stuff. Yeah. Which, Which makes me... Super duper skeptical <laughs> right away. You would think that it might be the opposite, that a, a bunch of different events yeah. would make me less skeptical and say, what's going on here? But it's totally the opposite. Right. There's so much and so varied stuff that I'm like, so much of this has to be bullshit. <laughs> There's so little of this that could be real. 
I think you make a really good point there, Andy. And uh, for listeners who are interested in Project Bluebeam, we did a great episode on it. Um, go ahead and check it out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. In my mind, the story splits between the Sherman era and the Bigelow era. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because once the Bigelow era, people start getting involved, I start to become more skeptical. Because all of a sudden, you get these media personalities. I'm not trying to shit on any of these people. I don't know them. Uh, You know, we haven't done research. I've never talked to them. I've never met them. But listen... There's money to be made from these stories, right? Yeah. Everyone makes books. They go on tours. They sell all this stuff. There's a lot of drama with Tom DeLonge and the To The Stars Academy. There's beef on Twitter between the UFOists and the the high, the the skeptics. Yeah. You know, there's, there's beef because they're coming in here and they're kind of like, I kind of go like, okay, what's going on here? What's your agenda? Like people deserve to make their money, but. Sometimes you kind of go, mm, you had all these crazy experiences and you immediately put it into a book. Yeah. Combined with the fact that they never released any of the data. And apparently there's like, you know, here's another example that I didn't put in the research because it's stupid. There's a filmmaker named Jeremy Corbell. He's probably most famous for doing that Bob Lazar doc that's on mm-hmm. Netflix. He was on Joe Rogan, you know, and... He's walking around telling all this stuff. He did a film with George Knapp about the skinwalkers. I forget what it's called. I think it's called like Hunt for the Skinwalker or some shit. In the film, he totes up about how George Knapp has all this unreleased footage, all this unreleased data, and we're going to show it to you. They don't show shit. Yeah. It's the same fucking story. It's exactly what's in our script. Yeah. The same stuff. Yeah. There's nothing new. So... I kind of have to go like, you know, all right. Like, you got to give me a little something if you want me to believe. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm true. saying this is just the Bigelow era. You got Bigelow. You got this guy. Like, he's this eccentric billionaire who's interested in paranormal research. He's fucking like, I know Bigelow's or Bigelow's bi- billionaires are not in vogue right now. Right. But I do find them funny in a Mr. Burns kind of way where they go, Yes. I'll buy this haunted spooky ranch. Here's $200,000, my boy. Go <laughs> ahead and get it done. Chop, chop. Yeah. I want to put a chain of hotels in space. Yeah. <laughs> which he's actually been somewhat successful at doing. He launched two rockets that are currently still in orbit. Wow. He's got deals with NASA, deals with the government. Yeah. So a lot of people kind of bring that into, like, this dude's connected with the government. Yeah. Every time anything comes up, people are like, well, the government. But, yeah. I mean... I don't I don't think that the government's as deep into all this stuff as people think. I feel like they're the ones who are making it about UFOs. Whereas to me, the whole Sherman side of it is like this is a weird, spooky, paranormal. Sounds more thing. like a ghost story. It sounds like a ghost story. It sounds like a haunted area that mm-hmm. is cursed by this interesting and uh deep rooted Native American mysticism. And then all of a sudden you got these dudes who are like Floating orbs and aliens. It's like, fuck floating orbs, man. Yeah. I'm going to say it. (laughs) You don't like the floating orbs. I don't really give a shit about orbs. And I know that's hypocritical given our plausible judgments on the Tehran UFO. But they're different. Yeah. These are people just saying, oh, floating orbs. 
there we had like documented evidence of like multiple people corroborating this who have no fucking agenda. Floating orbs could be so many things. Yes. It does. And, you know, the, the idea that the orbs hovered over mutilated cattle, it's like, did it really? You looked, you looked at the mutilated cattle and you looked straight up. It's like, uh, you ever seen how snow causes glares? Yeah, exactly. I see tons of orbs. Yeah. You know, I'm just not like, it's just not compelling. The stories when the Bigelow era take over, like they all kind of make me go like, yeah, but where's all the data you guys were collecting? Oh, the cameras conveniently missed everything. Yeah. Well, they became too smart. Yeah, I guess. I mean, okay. I, I guess they did. I have to take your word for it. I'm not allowed to go there anymore. Right. It's closed off, which well, is also kind of weird. You know, and according to these stories and stuff, nobody ever puts forth that, oh, we found all this physical evidence. Right. It's always the same thing. It's, oh, this thing happened, but there's no evidence whatsoever. It's like, okay, well, then we don't, we can't go for a more exotic explanation. We have to think about it in the yeah. terms of what we can say when there's no evidence. And listen, I'm into the paranormal side of it. I like that. That's yeah. scary to me. This 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 cursed land and and it's like, you know, all this it's mystical and there's this weird shit and the, is it a skinwalker? I don't know. I'm scared, I'm spooked and I'm hooked. <laughs> you know? Oh uh, yeah. Um I don't know. The uh, uh I you know, uh, cursed land I know you're not into spooky shit. You know I don't buy it. I know you never buy anything with ghosts, uh, mysticism, religion. Yeah. Uh, Grocery, ghostries. I mean, that's a little silly. It's silly. And, you know, I I don't know that I totally buy sleep paralysis either as an an explanation for all the stuff that they experienced. But I don't know if I agree. um, I mean, it's just weird that if if you had no history of it. That all of a sudden the whole family right, starts and the whole family it. has it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I'll that's what that. I'm saying. We don't know a lot about the Sherman's background, right? To be able to put together some kind of real reasonable idea about what happened to them, I don't doubt that they experienced stuff. I don't doubt that this stuff happened. I mean, how much of how much of it is stuff that they've said? Yes, this is definitely what happened, and how much of it is like folklore now that's followed them right. and gets their name on it. The dogs that ended up as liquefied flesh in burnt circles on the ground. I know you were into that. Come on. I'm, I'm sure what when you that? read that, you were cheering. I, I'm like, good. Those annoying dogs. Stop barking. Andy, famously for and saying stop that. Stop shitting everywhere. All domesticated dogs are an abomination. Oh, my God. There's so much dog shit all over the sidewalks right now. Right? <laughs> I can't imagine. I could use some of these floating orbs in my neighborhood <laughs> to come and liquefy some fucking dogs. Maybe, I think the dog owners are the ones that you want to liquefy. I don't care. Liquefy them all. <laughs> orbs, if you're listening, <laughs> come to my neighborhood. <laughs> come to Chicago and do something. These dog owners, man, they're real pieces of shit. Just like the stuff that they leave behind. I don't blame the dogs. The dogs, they got a shit. The owners are the ones who don't pick it up. Yes, I agree. Ugh, it's in the snow. Too fucking, too fucking bad. You bought that dog, you clean up its shit. Yes. That's the responsibility. You don't want to clean up shit, don't get a dog. Yeah. It's public property, you asshole. You know what I'm going to do? What if I go and leave fucking broken glass uh, in your house? You know what I'm going to start doing? I'm going to start taking shits on the sidewalk. Yeah, we'll see how, how much everybody better. likes that. Yeah, you go shit on the sidewalk. 
near their house. Yeah. If I see you leaving your dog shit, I'm going to shit on your house. Right out in front of it. Right where you walk. You'll you'll perch up on a statue and take a big dump. And I always have I always have one in the chamber, so you don't have to freaking worry that I won't be able to shit. <laughs> I can shit whenever I want. Yeah. Um why did none of the owners like the Shermans ever get hurt? Mm-hmm. That's kind of my story sometimes too with hauntings and uh you know, I'm not the most well versed in this kind of stuff. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm very scared by it, which I recognize due to my upbringing. But uh, this kind of stuff freaks me out. But I guess the answer would be that these spirits are tricksters and the they're malevolent. Like skinwalkers are known for being like tricksters and they're witches and they want to like. But it's like the Shermans never got physically harmed. Why would an entity go to the trouble of slaughtering cattle, <laughs> liquefying dog bodies? <laughs> And yet leave the Sherman's children completely unscathed. Yeah. Now, you do have to admit the cattle mutilation is strange, right? Is it, though? It is for me. There's some photo evidence of it. Yeah, but what do you find strange? Just the, according to them, the surgical precision, the lack of blood. I mean, you've seen animals eat dead creatures. There's blood all over the fucking place. Yeah, but do, why they, do, like eat all the, you know, animals eat the internal organs. They eat all that good shit. They strip the meat off. There's going to be flecks of shit everywhere. I mean, some animals, it's well documented that uh, like maggots and blowflies and vultures, they'll go in through the eyes. They go in through the genitals. They go in through the mouth. They go in through the parts where there's soft tissue so that they can get to the organs. Right. They don't tear into the hide. That's the hardest part to get into. Right. They go in through where it's soft. Also, I mean, how long are they leaving these animals before they find them? I mean, that I have no evidence of. I would imagine that the cattle mutilation found by the Shermans has to be like the next day. Maybe. Because they're fucking ranching. They're checking on your cattle every day. I you got to move them. Studies have shown that cattle, uh, when they die, they'll bloat and the bodies expand and the skin pops open and it looks like surgical wounds. But really, it's just gas blowing up the body. And but, then how, but how do you explain Natural the, scavengers and insects, yeah. uh, maggots, and like flies will go after things. I mean, you know, it's not crazy to see that uh, like maggots or flies would make a circular hole in an ear or completely eat an eye and leave everything else untouched. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, but they don't find anything of that. And you're just saying they don't say it. Cause I feel like if they were actually expert cattle ranchers, they'd be like, Oh, maggots got them. Or they'd have some kind of deterrent for that. They would know how to, but you're saying we don't know anything about the Shermans. So how do we know that they're even good cattle ranchers? Well, we don't even know how the cattle died. I mean, they're assuming that the cattle were slaughtered. But we don't know how the cattle died. Did these cattle just, were they in poor health? Yeah. That's all I'm saying is if they had cattle that were in poor health, maybe there's some kind of, maybe there's some kind of, uh, uh, you know, I, what? There was like a, a high number of stillbirths in humans reported in this area and they blame it on pollution. Yet obviously people who are believers say that that's, it's probably the skinwalker causing all these stillbirths. <laughs> Maybe there's some kind of condition in the area 
uh, that's maybe it's polluted and maybe that's bad for the cattle's health. Maybe they, they, they're more susceptible to die there. We don't know any track record of any other ranchers on this particular property. Maybe that's why it sat empty for seven years is because it's, it's, it's bad. Like it's a bad area for the cattle have poor health and you know, maybe it's not something paranormal. It's just that there's bad environmental conditions or something. Fortunately, we can never see because it's closed off. Because we don't know that NIDS did any testing to make sure this. We don't know that the Shermans did it. We don't know that anybody's ever right. tested the land and made sure that the soil is yeah, actually good. Yeah, what's the content that, of the soil? Like, yeah. you know, they need to, like, they were there for the better part of a decade, and yeah, they had fucking nothing. Yeah. Nothing to show. Exactly. Besides stories. Right. Which are creepy. You know? Yeah. But, um... What's the creepiest one to you? Ooh, what's the one that gets me the most? Um... I mean, the Mega Wolf is the coolest. That's what? What do you mean? Eh. You know what? I hope you do end up fighting a wolf someday. Who the fuck are these people? A wolf comes out of the forest and starts. You're like, hey, the kids, you can go pet it. Like, it didn't kill us yet. You can go pet. What the fuck? This wolf that's taller than your children? You stupid. This is another mark against the Shermans. What the fuck is wrong with you, experienced outdoorsman? My fucking ass. Nobody with any sense. The, the mom should have herded the kids inside. Holy fuck, a big wolf. Get the fuck inside. No, go pet it. What the fuck? Give me a break. If that's a real story, fuck them. I don't believe anything that happens after that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, for me, the scariest is the ghost series. <laughs> yeah. God, I can't imagine taking Doritos out of the grocery bag and then I turn around and they're back in the grocery bag. Um, she never took those groceries out of the bags. Yeah. I mean, she forgot that she didn't do that. Weird. She thought that she did, but she never did it. Right. I guess the weird apparitions and things that they see in here, the weird noises, um, the machine rumbling. That's what gets it for you? Yeah. The tunnel's the weird one for me. Oh, the tunnel with the black uh, humanoid? Yeah. The black faceless humanoid? I mean, humanoid. obviously, there's no, like, oh, we didn't find anything. It's like, okay, well, then this probably didn't happen. But yeah, and if like, that I really happened, like, if you saw that, yeah. if you were, like, observing, uh, you're standing on a bluff, and you see down below yeah. this light descend from the sky, and then it turns into a tunnel, and then some hulking faceless figure comes out of it, and then just disappears into the night, I'd be like, <laughs> I'd get the fuck out of there. I wouldn't get any evidence. I'd The only evidence would be left into my boxer shorts. You kidding me? Yeah. I wouldn't go investigate that. Forget it. Oh, man. Um, you're right. Uh, that's a creepy one for sure. And I think there's also something where, like, they tried to film that, but something happened. Like, of course. They couldn't. It wouldn't. The pictures wouldn't come out. Or, yeah. You know, whatever. It's dumb that they it's dumb that they closed this off because this could be such a big tourist trap. It really could, and I mean, they could make some money off of this. But doesn't that kind of call into question what's going on there? Like, who the fuck is buying that ranch for two point five million dollars under a shell company? And Either- only and only like ten years after Bigelow paid two hundred thousand dollars for it. I know it's like either there is like. Someone found out that there is like, there is terrible cancer causing pollution in the area and they needed to make sure that no one ever goes on the ranch to see it. 
like you said, or like the military is doing something in that area, then they don't want, it's like a secret. Cause there is a, there's like a, you know, there's a fort there and there's some other stuff in that area. It's remote. Fort Duchesne, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they called it adamantium. It's a big X-Men fan. Yeah. Someone who's really into Wolverine. Have we considered that this is some kind of comic book magnate? <laughs> is this actually Professor X? And he's building a, a, his... Uh, what's the... Ah, fuck. I don't Maybe know. Maybe this is the family of Stan Lee. I'm going to get roasted for not knowing the name of the, the school that Professor X runs. Professor X's school for mutants who want to be good mutants and do other things good, too. Oh, that's it. Of course. Who wants to mutate? The Xavier, the uh, Xavier School for uh, kids who are weird. For horny teens with weird Big powers. Big old dongs. Weird powers. Um, I don't know. I still I find know. the cat mutilation a little weird. Like, this calf shows up. Its leg is just yanked off for some reason. I mean, I'll admit. Drained of blood and organs, but everything else is fine. How'd they get those organs and blood out? Yeah, it's... You're saying bugs and parasites. It's a fair question, but um, I'd love to hear listeners, if you're experienced outdoorsmen, could you do something like this in the field? Could you completely drain an animal of its blood? I mean, we can't rule out the possibility that somebody was just fucking with the Shermans. (laughs) It's true. We also can't rule out the possibility that that never happened. Also true. And did did we seen a picture of that calf? I think there's pictures of the calf. Okay. I think if you go on skinwalkerranch.org, you can find pictures of the cattle mutilation. Um, it's in the research. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, everything is going to be totally explained by natural phenomenon, but right. I mean, uh, I'm just saying like, hey, some of this stuff probably does have a logical explanation. We just have to be more questioning, you know? Their websites are really fucking bad. Yeah. Like, Ryan Skinner, if you're the one running this site, fucking, it's time to bring it into the 21st century here, bud. (laughs) Because, I'm going to cut so much of this out. Just us fucking looking at shit. Yeah, I'm going to look for this. uh, Looking for this uh, picture. See, it says videos, but it's videos and photos. Let's see. It's a picture of a coyote, and someone's like, it could possibly be the bulletproof wolf. It's like... (laughs) Just a straight up coyote. Yeah, that's the thing. There isn't like a main section for cattle mutilation. People want to believe some stuff so much. Oh, here it is. Yeah, that's pretty mutilated. Yeah, I mean, they get pretty fucking mangled up and eaten. And there's still lots of tasty meat on there, so you got to think if it was a predator. Now, it could have been a predator who had its fill. 
Um, the caption on this photo says calf was found after seeing it alive 45 minutes ago and was only 200 yards away. Entire slaughter occurred within this short period of time and calf was stripped of all muscle and left zero traces of blood. Uh, evidence shows it was mutilated by a sharp scissor like object, a large machete like object and by, uh, the ripping and tearing of large teeth. So listen, we're not outdoorsmen's. Okay, taking pictures. Can I just say this, though? To all the people uploading pictures of wolves, there are naturally occurring predators in that area. Wolves are one of them. Like, it's fine to see wolves. <laughs> you know, and a calf is an easy target. <laughs> oh, yeah. They know to pick out the easy targets. They pick out the sick and the the young. They're wolves. Which is why they would kick our ass in a fight. Right. Because we're sick and young. We're freaking sick and we're freaking young. Welcome to Sick and the Young. <laughs> do, 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 do. Mornings here on 6969 69, The Bunk. 69.69 The Bunk. Sick and the Young, your hosts. Andy Sick <laughs> and Artie Young. Time for another news flush. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How about this? Why don't we talk about this? Um, I'm just not sold that cattle mutilation in general is a phenomenon. Okay. You know, because I don't get it. You know, if if people are doing it too, I don't really get that either. If you're doing it just to mess with people. Sure. I mean, what says that it's not natural predation with that calf though? That calf's pretty, pretty destroyed. Other than a veterinarian quote who I don't know who that is Mm -hmm. telling me that this was done with large scissors and a machete and large teeth. Which, again, could be a large teeth. Could be a person. Could be a large wolf. Yeah. Maybe there does. it is a large wolf that lives there. Yeah. There are solitary wolves. Like the calf, the, the state of the calf's body. It's not like some of these other reports where the cattle are, like, mostly intact. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, the eye is missing. Oh, the genitals are missing. You know, it's like this calf has been destroyed. Now, why there's no blood? That's a good question. I'm not buying really that that happened all in 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, what's what's verifying that part of it, you know? Nothing. I don't know. There's just, there's some incongruities here. Right. I agree. But let's talk about this. What is your thoughts on this being more of a extraterrestrial type of thing versus a paranormal type of thing? Where are you leaning, Andy? Because we, we touched on it, but, you know, uh, what's your take? You know, are are you in the camp that wants to say this is like UFOs and whatnot, or no? Are you more of, this is a haunted paranormal. Every, everybody thing. wants to believe that 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 extraterrestrials would come here and mess with our livestock. I don't get why. I don't get why that's a would, trope. Yeah. Why they would bother with that? Why they would need to do it? Uh, people make it out like, oh, they need to study these animals for what purpose, and why would they need to do it this way? Right. They can travel. They can travel so far in a spacecraft that they can come to our planet and they can clandestinely do all this stuff, yet they need to cut a single eyeball out of an entire uh, beef and just let it rot then? Like, I don't friggin' get it. That's, yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. There's no logic there. So I, if, if this is anything, it's way more supernatural than it is extraterrestrial to me. I'm with you with that. And 
I've already stated my piece how I think some of these people kind of listen. I'm not trying. We're not trying to shit on what ha- what they feel think happened to them. I am. No, well, I'm, not. <laughs> I'm not. You know, were you chased by a red orb and then greeted by aliens? I don't know. Maybe you were. You were. You that did happen to you. Is that actually what happened in reality? Probably not. <laughs> you know what that story reminded me of? We did an episode on black-eyed children yeah. a while ago. And part of that research, somebody told a story about pulling over at a rest stop in like Nevada or somewhere mm. late at night, all alone. The guy's sleeping in his car. He's awakened by a uh, bright light shined right on his car. It's like coming from another truck. And there's like these four people in the truck and they come over like they want to fight him or whatever. And yeah. they're threatening and he decides to drive away. And one of the people starts chasing him. You know, they ask to get in the car and he won't let him in. And somebody starts chasing him as he pulls off the ramp from this rest stop. And, you know, he says that the person is chasing him and is running alongside the car when he's going 50 miles an hour. And he eventually gets away from the guy as they're like, the truck is stopping to pick him up. But then the truck never gives chase. Right. It's weird. It's creepy. Did Yeah. But is that really what happened? Only you can know. Yeah. Is it possible that your memory of this, whatever you experienced, is not reliable? Is it possible that a bright light did wake you up from a sound sleep and you merged your real life with some kind of dream you were having? And you felt like this weird stuff was going on. And then yeah. all it led you to do was hurriedly drive away. <laughs> and really, if we could have a camera back there, all we'd see is just some bright light shines on from this rest area. And then a few minutes later, your car backs out like a maniac and just starts <laughs> speeding away for no apparent reason. Or like, you know, you, you have floaters in your eyes or mm. I see shit all the time. Like... You know, you think you see something like dart across and it's just like, oh, no, that was the handle of the um, the handle of some gift bag that is out of focus slightly in my periphery. And it looks, you know, like a woven bag mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, the twine of a woven bag. And it just kind of looks like a black line. And it's like, what is that an ant? Like, oh, no, it's just we always line. talk about this a lot. We don't have enough bandwidth in our brains to take in all the stimuli around us all the time. Right. Some stuff gets pushed to the margins because it's not important, but then you can pick it up and it makes you think that something's happening when really it's totally normal. You just didn't get a lot of information on it mm-hmm. because you're not, you can't, you can't process it all at once. It's too much. It's possible that that's what's going on with this true i mean what why did we say plausible to the tehran ufo thing then we were convinced by that story it was cool (laughs) it was was the best of times uh no okay there's 10 different eyewitnesses it's a weird blinking light show apparently the you know tehran ufo feels so much more credible than skinwalker ranch to me yeah now, why? Um, why do you feel that way? Because it was done in a more sterile way, above board. People are upfront with the data they recovered. They're willing to 
question things and suggest that maybe it's not anything that we thought, but it's weird. And it just wasn't settled. And I don't think this Skinwalker Ranch is settled, but at the same time, there's so much stuff. It's pushing me away from probability because there's so much stuff. I feel like somebody's making up something because there's no way there's all this stuff happening. At some point in time. Pick a thing. Yeah. At some point in time, like. I'm not doubting that at uh, some point people are having experiences and stuff. And maybe this is a, a area where there's lots of experiences. But then when it just, it's like, oh, there was this thing and this thing. I mean, you know, you're talking about like, oh, the weirdest thing that happened in the early 1900s was that some guy in a blue leotard showed up and said, don't ever dig in the ground. And then he disappeared. I mean, that's weird, but right. I mean, what does it mean? I don't know. And maybe it's just some weirdo. There's lots of weirdos everywhere. And then it turns into cattle mutilation. And then we're talking about UFOs and portals open to other dimensions. I don't know. At some point, it's like, okay, slow down. Let's figure this out. I mean, and there's stuff we haven't even covered. Right. We haven't even gone. We're just giving, like, this is the uh, the first plate of whole enchilada. There's there's so much more more mm-hmm. stories to cover about strange travelers who show up. Uh, these these weird mini stealth UFOs, invisible choppers, the controllers. You know what are those? Uh, the little girl firefly spots, like water babies, Cthulhu slugs, the orange football, glow birds, sentient mist. And of course, we touched on the portal, but I mean, there's more stories to be Mm -hmm. uncovered. And maybe if we look into those stories, you know, maybe if we do a second pass at Skinwalker Ranch, if you, the listeners, want us to do a second pass at Skinwalker Ranch, we will send us some more stories. Try and, you know, make us see what you see about this place. We'll Mm -hmm. we'll happily do it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we're covering the main ones, you know. Yeah. Academy relation, the bulletproof woof. Because like so many of these things, uh, you know, stuff gets out of hand. Yeah. People take it and then they run with it. And they say, oh, I had this experience. And they probably didn't have that experience. But it's like, oh, it's cool that this thing happened. The element 115, like, we can't confirm or deny that because you guys won't tell us anything. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, and, and they spin it as like, oh, well, this isn't. This isn't something of the earth. It is of the earth. It's just man-made. Yeah, it's a synthetic chemical. Yeah. It's man-made. Right. It's a man-made element. Right. That doesn't mean that it's not of this earth. (laughs) Nothing is of this earth if you want to get technical about it. I mean, you know, I don't know. Something that that is so misleading to me for somebody to say, oh, this element 115, not of this earth. It is. Like, we could make it with stuff on the Earth. We yeah. didn't have to go to another dimension to make this, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's stuff that exists on this planet. The dimension where you and I have tiny raisinette tiny penis. raisinette penis. Not yes. like the current one we live in where we have huge hogs. Right. Big, massive. I mean, almost too big, frankly. Yes. Uh, uncomfortably large hogs. That's right. <laughs> um, I don't know, Andy. Is there any other stuff you want to touch on before we get to our... Verdicts. I mean, there feels like so much to talk about. I know, but yet I keep coming back to the same thing. Where it's like, I don't know. I'm not really convinced. You're not into paranormal stuff. You know, this is a known fact about your character. (laughs) This is canon about. This is canon. It truly is. We had some guests on the show. 
uh, at our New Year's episode who are much more convinced by paranormal stuff than you. Yes. Um, our lovely guests, Ian and Natalie, you know, um, they've had some paranormal encounters themselves. So I think they're much like much more likely to believe in this stuff. But you are a stubborn ox of a man. And um, you you've never had really any and myself included. But uh, I think I'm more willing to go along with it than you. I've never I've never once had even anything. I've had I've had stuff happen to me where I thought, oh, that was creepy. You get scared. Yeah. But you are a scaredy cat. It never happens again. I only get scared once by something, and then it never scares me again. <laughs> you, you can fool me once, but never again. Never twice. <laughs> no. I mean, I've had weird stuff happen to me, but never anything that I felt like was a legitimate paranormal experience. Right. Because it never reoccurred. It There's no evidence of anything. Nothing. I've... I've never lived someplace where furniture moved on its own. Right. I've never lived someplace where doors slammed without anybody doing anything. You knew who was slamming the doors. It was me, baby, <laughs> and I was pissed. <laughs> I've never had uh, uh, like a deceased relative visit me. Right, right, right. Uh, I've, you You've know. You've never had premonitions where you predicted the future in some way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've heard of people saying things like, oh, they feel like, you know, they had a dream about a deceased relative. And it's like, and oh, that was probably them trying to communicate with me. I don't, I've had dreams about deceased relatives. And it just, it pops up every now and again. But there's usually an explanation. I mean, Art's Art's laughing because he's thinking about an erection, I'm sure. Yeah, wet dreams about them? Yeah, wet dreams about all my deceased relatives. Nocturnal premonitions. Yeah. Uh, that's where you come before the dream. <laughs> um, uh, what was I saying? Anyway, I've had You've dreams. You've never about, had these things. I've had dreams about deceased relatives. You've like, never seen orbs. I've never seen an orb. We've gone on how many fucking ghost tours together? Like, we've been on like three or four ghost tours together. In supposedly haunted areas, and we've never seen a damn orb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been to a few. And yeah, I've never seen anything. I've now, never... granted, I mean, people say that you can't just go to Skinwalker Ranch. You have to spend time there Yeah. in order to have the stuff. Like, when Joe Rogan went there and they barely saw anything, you know, or when... Joshy the Body Ventura <laughs> hates me. Joshy the Body Ventura. <laughs> hey, Governor. Hi. I'm not stealing James Adomian's bit because I can't do the voice as well as him. <laughs> Don't sue me, James Adomian. You're much better at voices. James Adomian, if you want to. This you hurts could, my throat. You could bury this podcast. <laughs> um, You know. Mr. Bunker won't defend us. And to, uh, to be honest, I've seen the clips. It kind of feels like they fucking faked it. They drive around and they, oh, there's some distortion on the radio. Yeah, that's fucking FM radio when you're out in the middle. Of the- yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the thing is like, oh, the camera. My battery's the- drained on my camera. Oh, 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 it's like, okay, you didn't charge the fucking battery. Like, right. <laughs> or it died in the cold. Like that happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know what kind of batteries you're using. Yeah. That's, that's the thing too is like, everybody, everybody wants to always point out, 
all the times that a thing happened, but nobody wants to point out the times when nothing happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like people always look for a confirmation. We have a confirmation bias as humans. We want to, we want to believe that something is happening when we think something is happening. Sometimes there's nothing happening when we think there's something happening because we ignore all the times when nothing happens because it's nothing happening. Right. Andy, you old blowhard, you really take the wind out of the sails of fun. I do. Of the fun ship. I do not like when people have fun. <laughs> it is offensive to me personally. Sometimes when we read some of the skeptic research, I go, fucking live a little. Come on. <laughs> I get it that you're like, super into science and you hate that these pseudoscientists run around and make money off of claiming shit that's not real but like we're just having fun you and I are just having fun we're just having a goof you know we're I goofing I don't personally mind pseudoscientists I, I know I know you don't I'm because, just saying in general like people who do pseudoscience like okay Knock it off with the racism, frankly. Yeah, the, like the phrenology. Let's, let's stop. Phrenology? Yeah, phrenology. Yeah. Let's let's stop with that. Like, okay, just ignore that. Stop doing that. Man, there's a side quest in Red Dead Redemption 2 where there's a phrenologist. Oh, God. He's running around, and I never did it because I was too busy. I didn't feel like doing more side quests. I wanted to do the main story. And now I kind of regret it. I kind of wish I wanted to see what they did. Yeah, well. How they made fun of it. You messed up. I'm probably never going to replay that game. <laughs> Great game. By the way, listeners, if you're thinking about playing Red Dead Redemption 2, it's a good story. I mean, I got a little emotional, Andy. I like that story a lot. I In the end, do you marry your horse? <laughs> that's how it ends. You marry your horse. God damn, that's beautiful. It was fucking beautiful. <laughs> no, it was a really good story. They did a great job. Rockstar, you're listening. Rockstar, you're a rock star. Kudos to you guys because the Red Dead Redemption story arcs of both one and two are fucking good stories, and I thoroughly enjoyed them both. And it was a great game. God damn it. I love being a cowboy. And the story's about a ranch. It fits in. Oh, I wish I was. Tell you what. Oh. If Arthur Morgan or John Marston were there on that ranch, yeah, they'd kill those steamwalkers. They take care of him real good, partner. Yeah. Arthur Morgan so. and John Marston don't fucking mess around. You don't know what these who these people are. Nope. <laughs> you have no, no idea. I don't care. You don't care. I'll never play that game. Might one day. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Years from now. Um Yeah, I you know, I don't remember what we were talking about. To be honest. I don't. We were saying something. Yeah. Um You've never seen any paranormal stuff, so you tend to lean skeptic. And then we were talking about skeptics. Oh, yeah. Pseudoscience. You don't have a problem with pseudoscience. Because they, most of the time, they're just presenting an alternate suggestion. Right. And I think that that's useful. I, I think it's fine to question the established scientific community because I think they make good points about it being... Uh, it's a lot like the world of art, not your world, but the world of uh, creative art. Sure, you know where people make art. Yeah, um, you know you you have to you have to have connections and stuff, and like it's not it's not as much as oh this person has a good hypothesis, they have a good design for a test, and someone will support them. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not an inherent way always to make money from science, even if you have good ideas and stuff. So there's. I mean, it's 
there's room for corruption and there's room for it to be a bunch of people who all think the same thing because they're all in support of the same kind of goals. Right, right, right. And so I think that alternative researchers are valuable. Uh, and if things. anything, to prove the true scientific method. Yeah, sometimes that if they, they come out and they you don't follow the proper scientific method and channels, you can get roasted for it. Yeah, and therefore it's a good teaching tool. Right. And sometimes that's what happens. Is you have a very laissez-faire view on uh, the scientific <laughs> yes, community. Yes. Like uh, when I posted something dumb about the Chicago Bears in the Chicago Bears Discord, maybe me not personally, but then everyone just spat facts at me and I go, oh, now I understand why I was wrong. Right. I didn't get roasted. Yeah. Now, some other kid posted some dumbass shit and they got roasted. They got roasted hard. Yeah. They deserve that shit. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's a good example, right? Yeah. You In a discourse, you come out, you present something, you don't have arguments to back your claim, you're going to get fucking roasted, dude. Yeah, and if, if people and have deserve facts, it. facts that refute you, great. Now we're now we're that getting helps. somewhere. Yeah, we're moving somewhere. People say, "Here's where the evidence leads us," and right. that's what I'm interested in: is where does the evidence lead you? And there is and no evidence. There is literally no evidence, so there's nowhere to go. Yeah, you know. And with 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 the Tehran UFO, if we're going to compare two kind of similar things, there was some evidence there. These the and the much the better scientific evidence. evidence. The skeptical answer. Didn't really have a great explanation either. No. So it was kind of literally just like, who fucking knows, it, you know? You know, and I do believe that there's weird stuff that happens that sure. we lack explanation for still in this world. That doesn't mean that it's something paranormal. That doesn't mean that it's something extraterrestrial. It just means that we don't understand it yet. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in the universe we don't understand. And there's also a lot of stuff that I think people can all share in the same kind of experience and nobody really understands what happened yeah fair points andy fair points well i think it's time to get to verdicts oh let's head to the let's head to the jury let me say i have no idea where you're going i have no idea where andy's going with his verdict uh just that was a little thing called sarcasm. Oh, I'm not familiar with it. Uh, what do you think that I'm going to say? Like, what do you feel like I'm going to say? You could maybe throw me a curveball and give me like really low on the plausibility scale, but I think you're going to be closer to, uh, in the same way that we are 30 years from 1990 as we are from 2015, 2050. Boy, this is a, this is the most art, analogy ever you will be closer to 1990 as in you will be closer to case closed <laughs> so in this version of the plausibility scale 1990 is case closed literally could have just said you would be closer 2050 to case is case confirmed <laughs> and the current year 2020 is plausible <laughs> you're gonna be Closer to case closed. I don't know what year exactly. Could be 2005. <laughs> could be 2001. Do you want me to give my verdict in the form of a year? You don't have to. I think we should stick to the the bunker scale. Okay. And not the art scale of years. The art scale of years, yeah. This is a, a very infrequently used and very unpopular scale of plausibility. The art scale of years. Yeah. Um, that only came into fruition this year. This 
moments ago even. Yeah, I'm looking at the scale, and I'm trying to think where I'm going to fall on this. Um, I think that I'm going to be... I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit. Um, and I'll tell you why. There's almost no evidence for anything that anyone suggests, right? Mm-hmm. I also feel like we don't know the quality of work or the data that's really been collected at Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. It's a place that's a little bit shrouded in mystery. Oh, yeah. In that it's never been thoroughly investigated like some other places are. I mean, this is one of the... It's it's private property, so... NIDS was very secret about their stuff. Right. And we don't know anything that they... We don't know what their end results were. So this... This is almost like an open-ended question yeah. about Skinwalker Ranch. I tend to be very skeptical of a lot of stuff. That said, there's a lot of weird stuff that gets attributed to the Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. So given the fact that there's, you know, I think Brian Dunning would say, well, there's no evidence. So obviously this didn't happen the way that people said, because they can't support it. A little less harsh, I think, in my assessment. So, and a little less handsome. <laughs> a lot less handsome and likable <laughs> and good. And award-winning. At doing anything. Um, I essentially suck, but <laughs> what I what I think is I'm going to go with plausible minus minus. Wow. Um, wow. I'm in between wow. plausible minus and plausible molecule. And th- the reason is, is because I don't, I don't. Well, s- well, so you're plausible smidge. Oh, wait, how plausible smidge is a little bit before plausible molecule. Oh, I'm between smidge. I'm between smidge and between plausible smidge minus. Smidge and plausible minus. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it more than smidge. There's a lot of gaps in the bunker scale. <laughs> it goes a long way. And then there's, at the end of the scale, there's a lot of different ones yeah. at the, toward, before yeah. we get to case closed. Yeah. We're, we have a lot of times where we hesitate on shutting the door. Because <laughs> yeah, um, we don't want to look like fools. Yeah. Leave ourselves open. When it uh, turns out Project Blue Bream was does actually, actually happen. Yeah. When, when giant images of my, personal lord and savior uh urban meyer urban meyer get projected onto the salt layers sodium layers above the earth uh and he's speaking to you in all world in languages, all languages at once. inside your head while a satanic ghost comes out of your cell phone yeah uh then i'll be glad that i didn't say case closed <laughs> i think i said case closed but anyway yeah. i'm giving it plausible minus minus because wow as I'm much shocked. As little evidence as there is, you know, there's there's enough reporting of stuff that it just needs to be investigated. But I think if they actually investigate it and you get data on it, it'll just turn out to be the same as everything. Cattle mutilations have been reported for years and years and years all over the world. Cattle get mutilated. I think that it's... They have it coming. I think they shouldn't be so delicious. I think that... Because it happens all over the world and stuff, a lot of people think, I I think, tend to go to the route of, well, then clearly there's some orchestrated effort to do this. I think it's just, this is a thing that happens (laughs) in our world. You know, it's not like we would say- Cows are prey. Like the tide comes in and goes out. It's not like somebody would be like, 
hey, you know what? That happens all over the fucking world. I bet that this is some kind of alien bullshit. Well, put, there are people who say well, that. I'm sure, there's <laughs> fucking magnets in the sea. It's like, no, this is just how things happen. <laughs> this is. I think that's what happens with cattle mutilation. Yeah, and it's just that people aren't used to seeing it because cattle are uh, not predated. Uh, typically, these are like herd animals. So we spend a lot of time trying to keep predators away from them. Yeah. So when predators outsmart us, people are like, oh, my God, what happened? But it this is probably just what happens. And, um, you know, some of the other creepier stuff, I, I don't know what to make of it. And that's why I'm giving it a little bit of plausibility. I'd keep thinking about these dogs in the circles. Like, what is that? If that's somebody that's not consistent with anything, I'm seriously in doubt of that story. To begin with, but there's nothing to disprove it as much as there's nothing to prove it. And you would honestly think at some point in time the Shermans would go get a camera. I mean, this was the 90s. Yeah. I don't know if cameras, handheld cameras were as uh, cheap or whatever as... uh... You'd have to, I'd have to think that there probably was still, you could get like trail cams in the 90s and stuff. You could get video camera. A lot of people had home camera stuff. Yeah, I mean... I don't see why there couldn't be some kind of recording done of it. Go if, fucking film those dead pro- fleshy lumps. Yeah, put it take a picture. Then all of a sudden Take a picture. Then I'm like, okay. All right. Yeah, then I You're going to tell me someone CGI photoshopped that in then the I'm 1990s like, like Terry Sherman freaking put his dogs in a food processor. He's a sick fuck. <laughs> Terry Sherman, if you're listening, you're sick, dude. Why'd you do that to your dogs? Prove me wrong, dude. Prove me wrong. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Andy is wearing his fraternity T-shirt. He's got a backwards cap on. He has a uh, a large 40-pack of Natty Ice in one arm, and he is challenging Terry Sherman to come at him. I'll show you the real Magnum, dude. My condoms. <laughs> Terry shouts, give him a magnum. The kid comes back with a box, box of condoms. condoms. There's a laugh track. It was all sitcom. <laughs> and then Terry had sex with that wolf. <laughs> Fuck that wolf. He's a friggin' wolf fucker. That wolf was bulletproof, but it wasn't fucking penis proof. Tell you what, I fucked that wolf. I wouldn't have done much damage to that wolf either. I'm shooting blanks. <laughs> oh, God. All right. It's my turn. <laughs> Go for it. <sighs> Time to spin the wheel of plausibility. You know, I'm a little bit more scared by it than you are. Yeah, you're probably real scared by this. I wouldn't go to Skinwalker Ranch. And if oh, I, had, I would go. If I had to spend time at Skinwalker Ranch, I would not enjoy it. See, that's the thing with me is I like because I'm away. so unconvinced, I would go to a haunted place. I don't care. Fuck, if the listeners ever pay for us to... Uh, if they ever want to see video footage of us. If you want to us, see me eat my words, yeah. send us someplace haunted, listeners. Uh, you'll see me freaking out and you being like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. I'm going back to sleep. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Get up. Uh, Art is racking his brain on what to say here. You know, I had Plausible Plus written down. Plausible Plus. But, wow. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to shift it to plausible minus. Ooh, that's a big shift. I'm still above you. <laughs> As usual. 
<laughs> but I'm not as high on it as I was. Why? What happened? I don't know. What made you think plausible? Plus? I guess you kind of brought up some stuff about the cattle mutilation that I had never considered. In the same vein, though, I still, you know, like there's still some weird mysticism here. There's still some weird paranormal, we don't understand it kind of beyondness that uh, freaks me out. Stay away. I know. I, I know you have say. that feeling. And I do think it's weird that the place was bought for $2.5 by some shell corporation. What is going on there? Why did somebody buy it from Robert Bigelow? What I, is going on? I mean, I don't know anything about uh, the price of land in the Uinta Valley, but it seems I, – I, I don't think that $2.5 seems totally weird to me. Um. I'll tell you what seems. I mean, the name of the. I mean, given all the other stuff, the fact that like an adamantium named shell company bought it is is weird. But that in and of itself is not necessarily weird. Um, what's weird to me is like that difference in the price. But I think that two hundred thousand dollars in what nineteen ninety six is when Bigelow bought it. Yeah, doesn't that seem low for four hundred eighty acres? Yes. I mean, I don't know with inflation. Yeah, I don't know if, I mean, I just don't know. Um, property value of that area at that time, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I just, I but. It does seem low. It seems low. So, I mean, for me, it's like, is the two and a half million necessarily weird? Maybe not. Maybe it's the 200,000 that's weird. Like, why were, why, why were the Shermans willing to unload it for that much money? Did that make sense? There's, I feel like there is something going on there that we don't understand. Maybe Shermans are more in coot with Bigelow than Bigelow's in coots with somebody else. Maybe they had this plan and they're like, Terry, we'll pay you so much money. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm so bad at raising cattle. <laughs> and, and it's like, what the fuck do you even fight him? I mean, shit, you guys want some cereal and milk? Like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. I've been feeding them steaks. I thought that's what they'd like. <laughs> it's what they are. Uh, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I have no idea if 200000 was reasonable at the time or not. Yeah. It just seems like for 480 acres of ranch land and there's a home included, that seems really low to me. I don't know, Andy. I think maybe you're onto something with there's something going on with the pollution or the soil or something. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the 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 thing the thing that struck me was reading that there was a, a high percentage of stillbirths. Yeah. And that that's been attributed to pollution, but obviously people who are paranormal believers think that that's that it's because the land is cursed, but Yeah, cuz it literally may be cursed by human beings. We may have cursed it ourselves by polluting it. True. I don't know pollution from what exactly, but, um, you know, it's possible that, you know, uh, like, like L.A. is famously, you know, kind of like smoggy. It's polluted. Because the air like kind of sits there, but then the rains come and sweep it away. Right. You know, the, with the, the way that the weather works with geological features is like if. You know, if there's something like the Rocky Mountains are there and it's close enough, like stuff could like backfill and, you know, it could just get stuck there and they may not get a lot of rain and all this stuff. Like it could just be that pollution just hangs in the air 
Because you really need rain to clear it out, yeah. like normal smog. Otherwise, it could probably have deleterious effects to the health of, of people in the area, especially depending on the type of pollution it is. Oh, yeah. I am I think smog with his fire breath and his giant pile of gold. I mean, mm-hmm. look what it did to Bilbo. Detrimental. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, and there, there's stories of the, you know, obviously there's stories, there's factual history of the, the treatment, the poor treatment of Native Americans. <laughs> but it, I mean, specifically in that area being like kicked out and moved out and then them being like cursing the land. I actually think that this, the ranch is on the uh, Ute and there's another tribe that share this area. It's a reservation. Yeah. So the, the ranch is actually in the area of the reservation. Listen, Andy, I know you're not into that stuff, but that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not messing with that. You know what I? You know what that makes me think is like, oh, here's this. Pri- Don't want to go up that road. Here's this private ranch that's in the Native American reservation area. They're playing. They're like maybe Native Americans are like, yeah, hey, get, getting back at them. Some of the Ute tribe are like, you know what we could do? <laughs> we'll kill your cattle and make it look like a weird, you know, skinwalker. Yeah, maybe do something to try. <laughs> I there's so much stuff. I guess to me, it almost feels like a Scooby Doo. <laughs> like you gotta rip the mask Terry off. Terry Sherman's gonna, wolf. yeah, rip the mask off that old wolf. man Withers. <laughs> it was him all along, old man Bigelow. <laughs> Robert Bigelow. Oh, and I would have gotten away with it too <laughs> if it weren't for you, pesky NIDS. <laughs> Wants to put out a chain of space hotels. Space hotels, baby. You can check in anytime you like. Check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. Well, they don't exist yet. They will soon. Uh, Andy, that was our verdicts. Listeners, let us know. What do you think? Are we missing it? Are we not? Are we Are we wrong about Skinwalker Ranch? Let us know. Uh, use the hashtag. We've had so many good puns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm trying to like come up with one that's better than anything we've done so far. Um, Like Skinwalker Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, let's just do it. Skinwalker <laughs> Hidden Valley Ranch. I can't think of any others. If you think of another, let me know. Uh, let us know. Use the hashtag Skinwalker Hidden Valley Ranch. Rise of the Skinwalker. Star Wars Rise of the Skinwalker. Uh... I like Skinwalker Texas Ranger. Skinwalker Texas Ranger. Anyway, tweet at us at Mr. Bunker Pod on Twitter. DM us on Instagram at Mr. Bunker Pod. Um, follow us on Twitch and YouTube. Just search for us there. And uh, email us, MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Andy. Any other things to say about Skimwalker Ranch before we leave the ranch for now? Um, I don't think so, Art. Man, it's so much. Yeah, there's a lot. And we could very well come back to it one day. Yeah. With new information that new stories that we've that listeners have sent in that we've uncovered. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know if you have if you have your own Skinwalker Ranch stories you like. We'll take a dip into that Skinwalker Ranch. We'll dip right in. Uh, our feet, our little toesies, and our little carrot sticks. And our little carrot sticks. 
are little baby carrots. Well, that's a parallel dimension. <laughs> this dimension, monster truck tire thick. I mean, I got the Gravedigger's tires down Giant there. stalks of celery. <laughs> yeah. Dunking into the Hidden oh, Valley yeah. Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> Including that weird bulbous part at the end and the leafy stocky. Yeah. yeah. Do you eat the leaves off of celery? Oh, uh, you can. I do. I, I usually it, throw that stuff away. No, it's nice. Cut the bulb up. It's nice. It has a good celery flavor. I had a celery soda the other day. I know. You told me. Weird, but decent. Hmm. Anyway. Hmm. Well, anyway, for hmm. the Tesla Mr. Bunker hmm. and for my finito. Wow. Co-host Andy Hart. I'm Arthur Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. That's it. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today, and uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.